Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast and just at the top of the show I'd like to say I will be doing my best today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not feeling great. Today's show is sponsored by Lemsip and later on it'll be sponsored by something that is aspirin based so I can have it with Lemsip. (laughs) But the good news is, is that uh, all three of us are here this week, and uh, you know that's uh, it's. Um, so I have two uh, colleagues and friends um, who can help carry me through the show. Um, <laughs> oh, there we go. There's one of them now. How are you doing, Rach? Hi, Aid. I'm fine. Don't worry. We're here. We're here to help support you. Uh, we'll be your your paddles to uh, to to get you to the other side of the lake. So uh, yeah, don't need to worry. I'm I'm quite high off paint fumes at the moment. To be fair, anyway. Excellent. So, uh, so who knows what will happen today? Yay! <laughs> okay, so one on Lemsit, one on paint fumes. Graham, what's your poison? Uh, I have mostly been feasting on staying up far too late playing video games lately, and uh, finding that absolute sleep deprivation is doing the job for me. Although, to be fair to me, and it's important to be fair to me, I view it very much as research because um, <laughs> I, I <laughs> there's a reason. Wait for it; it's a good one. Uh-huh. I have. I have been playing um, the new uh, Red Dead Redemption cowboy game this week, which is super cool, and I'm very much enjoying it. And here's an interesting analogue photography-related fact about this game. Um, Cowboys used analogue photographs? (laughs) Yeah, they did. So the game is set in 1899. Ah, so we have Mm -hmm. Westpate then. We do, but also in 1898, the Kodak Brownie came up, came out and um in the game you get a kodak brownie to use to take pictures and no way. Kind of <gasps> way and um it's actually it, it looks the part i mean when you use it it doesn't function quite the same way but it does they've done a really good job of um so sort of, they did their work making sure it looked right and like i said it was the right time for it as well so well done rockstar on your uh fairly incredible verisimilitude that's a long word i did very well with that um yeah it's really good so there you go and wow. the photography research playing Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> so the, the only Rockstar game I think I ever played was GTA, and I got heavily lost in many versions of GTA over the years. Is is this as addictive? Oh, it's, the only it's Rockstar technique. game I played was um, with the guitar. <laughs> That's rock band, <laughs> very, good. very good. Very good. Yeah. Like that. No. Um, Red Red Dead is uh, it's it's just this vast open cowboy world to go and cowboy in, and it's beautiful. And yeah, um, listeners, you're lucky that I'm here at all. I could just <laughs> be in the wilds of America for the rest of this month. Well, okay, glad glad to have you on board because <laughs> part partly I well both of you actually I need you to to direct the conversation today because my role is more of guest than host today. I think is yes. that right? Yeah. Well, we've got questions for you, Wade, because there's we. Um, it's probably worth mo- noting, actually. This is an unusual show because we don't have a guest this evening. Um, no. I can't remember when we last didn't have a guest. It was a while ago. Um, but we've got a lovely just the three of us with Rachel high on perfumes, you <laughs> high on uh, prescription drugs, and me <laughs> high on cowboy. So we thought we'd nice to have a chat. And what we really wanted to catch up with, because uh, you said you were actually starting to deal with your famed Bhutan photos from 
that's over a year ago now, isn't it? It, It's it's actually, it's exactly a year, um, exactly a year ago today. I was in Bhutan. Um, It was the, uh, yes, or or at the very least on my way. No, I think I might have been there, but I think I might have been in Bhutan by this time last year. Um, Yeah. uh, And that's the thing, isn't it? So, so yes, um, I I, I guess, you know, uh, only the very sharp-eared listeners would have heard about it because I only mentioned it very briefly at the time. <laughs> but I, but I did actually go on a, a little photography trip to Bhutan this time last year. Um, and yes, um, a year on, it still feels absolutely awesome uh, that I did that. And actually, it's it, it, it's had a longer-term effect, I think, than I that I thought it might do. Um, is that because you started drawing massive penises on all your walls and stuff? It is, um, <laughs> uh, especially the outdoor ones as well. And, and the neighbours, um, they, they, they love a bit of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the neighbours do like it up. And, yeah. <laughs> It'll fit right in with the um, the recent Cheap Shots Challenge uh, uh, entry as well, won't it then? Scored, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, so I, I just thought, you know, it, it occurred to me the other day, right? And um, I did mention, I did mention a few weeks ago that I'm in the process of creating a bit of a space for me for myself because yeah, the, the we're, we're changing one of the rooms in the house, which was just a bedroom, is now being changed, much more of a study now for me. And uh, uh, yeah, I've been trying to uh, trying to sort that out. And yeah, and of course actually in this space where i am right now podcasting is one of the things i spend a lot of time doing um uh, so in, in this space so it's we had to work for that but i was putting up some photographs on the wall and i was looking at the photographs i was putting up on the wall and i realized that actually you know the, the most recent of them were probably taken in 2016 and i thought well what have I been doing since since 2016? <laughs> and then, oh, and it must be a year now since I went to Bhutan and I haven't done anything with those photos. And then I got thinking and it's sort of one of these deeper and deeper thoughts. And we can talk about all of this um, or, or none of it, depending on which way you want to take the conversation. But it occurred to me that I haven't done a lot this year with photography. Um, and uh, right now I am significantly struggling with a fine art entry for the Cheap Shots Challenge. Um, I might even have missed one round earlier this year, although I did do the last round just gone. And I think, well, what, what, what's up? What, what, what am I not doing? What's different? And uh, I don't know. Well, I do know. I have a, I have a few ideas, but yeah, it's, uh, it made me so think. You- so, so this is what brought you around to looking at you. Is this one of these? Okay, well, you need to motivate yourself. So, starting with sorting out the Bhutan photos is where you thought you're going to start off this strategy. I, I think so. I think so. I was, I was looking because, so the the photographs that I put up on, I was putting up on the wall, um, uh, and many of them are travel photographs, and and not, but none of them um, particularly recently. So it got me thinking. Well, why haven't I got any photos from you know more recent holidays? What what is it that's changed? And you know, and most of the stuff that I hang on the wall, almost to be fair, almost all of it is film photographs. There's occasional digital ones, and we, I have another wall in the house which is all portraits of family, and there's a higher proportion of digital ones there, although still quite a large proportion of film shots. 
but it's it's um it, 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 even there there was some i found i was sorting through some stuff i found a box big box of prints yeah and and i was like oh what's in this box and some of the stuff is uh, 10 years old now nearly uh, and you know stuff from when i first got into photography but others are stuff that i printed up you know that i found half a dozen eight by tens of family members all shot at different times um uh, and uh, all um digitally printed but most of them actually it's actually film photographs originally and and they'd just been sitting in a box waiting to be hung up on the wall and it's like well what, they, they must be a year old at least <laughs> you know if not more uh, and I, so so i've just been trying to think through why it is that I, my, my rate of shooting is has slowed down so much and i think you've had similar haven't you yeah it has definitely been noticeable this year and um and we were actually before we got on the call we were talking about ways we could um move that but i i wonder whether part of the reason um maybe for both of us but certainly for you over the last year um is because your circumstances changed quite drastically so you went from living a fairly kind of regular no i'm not nine to five but your job was fairly stable for a long time you were working in london doing that commute you kind of knew what every day was going to look like um in much more so it left yeah, you a deathly. lot more brain space <laughs> <laughs> but it left you with more brain space to think about other stuff um and it's since that came to an end that you've had far less time to to get out and play and i guess far less time to think about wanting to do that stuff as much that's true actually that's a fair point i hadn't really thought of it in terms like that i mean yeah i thought of it in terms of i was losing too much of my day to commuting but now you say it like that it makes me realize that actually i was i built photography into my commute Mm-hmm. and and you know i would carry a camera with me and i would deliberately look to walk around london instead of going on the tube and stuff like that so i could take photographs so that you're right mate yeah that that, that wasn't dead time and com- my commute is much shorter now but it is in the car <laughs> so it's slightly yeah, fewer I, photographic opportunities <laughs> I, I had a similar thing because i i was doing the commute for about three years um when i was going from liverpool to stoke and that's like an hour and a half sort of like door to door um but i was also doing that as a commute on the train and it meant that during during those three years i had a lot more time to read like my books or listen to podcasts or what have you than perhaps i do now so like you like you aid uh, sort of like ended up building that into that time so that it wasn't just dead time if you know what I mean it was it was useful and productive time um but sometimes we just end up with that elasticity of time which can be very difficult to kind of then rein back in and go well if I'm just in this one place rather than in you know on a commute or something where I can't literally be doing something else then does it lose its value you know to us does it mean that we end up seeing it in a different way and we just kind of end up filling that time a bit like water you know mm. i think to a certain extent if if you don't have some kind of enforced dead time also mm. it means you don't have time to just think of things you'd rather be doing than being there <laughs> doing nothing and you know you need something oh i've got an idea or i'd love to be doing this or i wish you know but when every minute can be filled with something you know if you're working from home you've got all the distractions there if you're mm. driving then you're concentrating on that it, it, you know it um 
I certainly think that that can lead to a lack of time, not just in in terms of losing time to actually get out and shoot, but losing time to think of things that you really want to be doing and shooting. Because if you've if you've got thoughts in your head of oh, I really really want to do this, you'll find the time to do it. Um, and you, I, th- I think having that time crunch can make a creative. Uh, endeavors get squeezed out they tend to be the first things to go mm. because we're all quite practical um that's, well let, let's get back it's a Sorry, good point no it's a, it's a good point because i was, as you just made me remember actually that that trip that i did to bhutan was actually between those two jobs the one in london that went on a bit too long <laughs> and mm. and the one that i'm currently doing which i've been on for nearly a year which is is which is now really which is really really interesting it always has been but it's also now busier than it's ever been in the last year um yeah, but in a, in a good way but i, I hadn't really thought about that because because one of the things i was trying to think of was you know why am i why why is it taking me a year to think about this particular set of photos i mean i remember when we had the meetup in march at the photography show in birmingham I think it was there anyway. And I was talking with Andrew Bartram and he was saying, oh, you've got to print your photographs. You've got to get a, a zine done or sh- or share them on the Internet or something. You've got to do that. And, and I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's... Was that just a knee jerk reaction to Andrew? <laughs> oh, that's a bit harsh. Let's just, for the record, you said that, not me. No, but... no, I was thinking maybe that was your like, hmm, no, I, it was the way that you said it, Ed. You were like, no, yeah. I, don't. So, I don't. So there I don't is part of that, yes, but not because it's Andrew. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, sorry, because, I didn't but, actually mean Andrew. But <laughs> because um, part of me at that point thought, do you know what? I didn't take those photos for anybody else. <laughs> You know, that's not why I did it. And I was ta- and I was talking with my wife about this the other day. And she said, you, yeah. And I said, so I think I'm about ready. She said, you know, to, to, to look at those. And she said, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. part, part humoring me, but part actually genuinely interested. And, and uh, she said, yeah, she, she said, you, you just didn't, you, you, you know, she said, you, you didn't seem to worry too much about the photos you came back with. And I said, that's true. That is true. But it's not because I don't like them. But to be honest, if I'd come back with no photos at all, I would still have had the most amazing trip. And that's interesting in itself. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And we'll know that. I mean, you did have such a fantastic time out there. Uh, it, it really did seem to land with you incredibly well. Um, and you came back quite, you know, I think, m- moved in some ways by the experience. Oh, of very being much. Out there. Yeah, very much. Um, and so... And and I think that's the best way you know, to come back with that being the thing that was important to you rather than the pile of um, shots you had uh, is definitely the best way of being it. And also, as when we were talking to James Morton a couple of weeks ago about um, our work and, and, you know, he was talking about putting his work together and stuff and about the advantage of having a space of time between taking the photos and looking at them so you can get that separation so you can actually come back and look at them um completely um impartially in some ways because there's enough time now so i think by leaving it for a year you've probably done the best thing you possibly can do in terms of being able to go forward and put something good together because you can look at them and go okay well not which photos mean the most to me i mean there'll be certain amount up but you also it's going to be easy to look at them and go well which are the best photos here um so the one thing we've kept asking you over this entire time, and the one thing clearly Andrew asked you is, what are you going to do with them? Because I think Andrew is onto the right idea. I think 
a photo book is a good idea. Um, have you, now that you've started looking at them, have you started thinking about what you might do with these pictures? Are they just going to be some prints on your wall or are you going to try and make a body of work out of them? That it is a good question and and uh i mean i can well i tell i tell you what let's so let, let's let's sort of unpick that a little bit because it is about a, a year on although some of them actually some uh it was the uh the kodak vision 3 film i did take me a while to get that back but let's just call it a year so what's happened in that year um you know that might cause me to look at them differently i mean for starters just life right <laughs> life has happened in the last year that makes me look at those differently and there is a distance and i i did actually in, in preparation for this conversation um uh, i i actually did go back and look at them um all the or at least the uh you know half of the, the half of them that were in focus and and what have you um that i i've i've put in a in an album not for not an online album but just an album on my computer um the and i looked at them and uh, there is there's still uh, a lot of memories yeah mm. really good really good memories um uh, uh they're, they're not quite as as strong as they were um but they're still you know there's the you know there's occasional sort of you know shots of the of the group of people i was with and you think oh yeah that's so and so and that's so and so and that's great yeah and that's great and we i remember when we hung out like this together and stuff like that and, that. and then there's 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 the the people that we meet the the local people that we met along the way and the thing and and the activities we did the places we climbed to the things we saw all that sort of stuff and and that's all there and still it's it's less sharp if you like less less fresh um and, and that i think possibly does help with the with the photographs because i can look at them and i'm not I, i'm i'm looking at a photograph i'm not looking at a recent event that's at the top of my brain already if that makes any sense mm. at all and you know, so I can look at them and think, okay, yeah, actually, yeah, you know I really like. There's, 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 there's a few which I've looked at which really I, I liked a lot at the time. Um, and now I'm looking at them, thinking, yeah, do you know what? That's 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 definitely a an also ran shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there are pl plenty of large penises on walls there. You'll be glad to know. <laughs> that I still really like. <laughs> But the but the and and then there's the sun which I thought were were impressive photographs, perhaps not that the skill of the photographer was impressive, but but you know I had captured something that looked rather impressive, um, and uh, th those those uh, on the whole have, have retained their impressiveness but there's 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 also a bunch where you look at them and think okay well i thought that was an amazing shot at the time and uh, do you know what it, it it's not it's an average shot that was exaggerate my feelings towards it were exaggerated by the closeness of the event and and stuff like that which there is not necessarily a great photograph so um i'm quite pleased that that's happened in a way in some ways it feels a bit odd because it's dulled the, me the memory has dulled Right. And, and some of them are, you know, so some of them are your, your absolute standard tourist shots. 
So what the, the the very famous monastery that's on the side of a cliff, uh, which is called the Tiger's Nest. I, I have the shot of that. <laughs> the reason I have the shot of that that everybody else has is it's on the side of a bloody cliff. Right? There's not many places <laughs> you can stand to take a proper mm-hmm. photograph of Tiger's Nest. <laughs> on the footpath on the other side of the cliff is about the only place you can stand. <laughs> So there's a reason why that particular photo is the photo, right? But then then there are some others that, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's say they're unique to me. I mean, they they capture some standard stuff, perhaps, but the shot the shots are unique to me. But then there are some that there are some that are there are some that I've I look at and think, do you know what? Actually, in my never humble opinion, that's actually a pretty good photograph, right? <laughs> you know the, the you know uh, whatever it was uh, a combination of of skill uh, luck uh, the wind blowing in the right direction whatever it might be um that that actually some of these things have come out actually I'm quite proud of them mm-hmm. um I don't think there are enough of those to make a book though <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you say, so how many, how many, discarding the out of focus ones, how many shots do you think you've got in total? Um, so I think in, in total, I ended up with about four or five hundred shots, I think. And that was across all the film stuff and, and a couple of hundred just sort of phone snaps when, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, so some of the phone snaps were things that are like night markets. Where I, I, you know, one of the downsides of taking film was that you can't travel with high speed film very easily. And so if we were out in the night, it was difficult to use film. Um, unless we were going somewhere specifically for a night shoot where you could actually take a tripod. Because you remember I bought a tripod specially for this trip. I, I do. don't think I've seen it since. But there are some <laughs> shots that I shot at night on a tripod and have come out really nicely, even though they were on fairly low speed film. So it was definitely worth doing. And there's some shots I'm quite pleased of of pleased with so excuse me um and so that that's worked well but then you know there are others that are, you know, i simply couldn't have captured with the kit i've got and we'll come mm. back to that in a minute because i want to talk about things like uh, stra- you know, a, a camera strategy film strategy that kind of thing and was it the did i make good decisions at the time and stuff like that so we'll talk about that in a bit but we will but i, I don't want to let you off the hook with this so easy because the this the sort of the ongoing thing for the last year with this is you failing to do anything with any of this stuff. And I'm, my concern <laughs> is that you're looking at them now going, well, this is fun looking at them. And maybe you'll run off a few prints to stick on your wall. And I don't think that's good enough. And I'm sure our <laughs> listeners agree with me well, on this. So what would you have me do then? Okay, well, I think, uh, and Rach, you can chime in on this as well. Okay. Let me know what you think. I think that even if you never actually get it made, I think the process of putting together a book would be a really a really useful educational and I think surprising thing to do to in terms of finding out how things work because I said we were talking with James about this um about the flow of a photo book and how the pages work together there's so much to it you know that the pacing of the book all of this stuff that Putting together a photo book is a, a, a creative art in its own right. And it's one that um, I think I'm right in saying that certainly I know I haven't and you haven't. Aided. Have you ever put a photo book together, Rach? I haven't, I'm afraid. Nope. No. So none of us have done it. But I think it would be a really useful exercise to go through um, to at least 
go through and, and put something together, plan out where everything's going to go, see what pictures you want to create, uh, create your kind of journey as it was. Um, mm. And I think, I think yeah, that's that's a really good um, point, because actually this this kind of project really does give you that content for a book. I think the reason that I haven't done that is because all of my um, projects have been obviously different. So I've always struggled with trying to work out, well, what images would I include? Like, how are they connected that then they don't feel connected in any way because they're all from different projects for different things? Um, whereas with this, it's like one one big incredible trip that you went on. And so all of the shots, no matter what, are kind of grouped together in a geographical sense, at least, you know, so it would be able to tell the story of the beginning, the middle, the end of of your journey there, you know, and give you that content that feels connected rather than um, very, um, you know, fragmented. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. Let's let's roll with that. Okay, so let's roll with that idea. You asked me a question about how many photos. So in in this album I'm looking at on my computer, there are 180 photographs, some of which are uh, um, on reflection. not so deserving of inclusion and some mm-hmm. of the some of some of the i think they, at the time they were just you know select at the time you know that, that was quite good that was quite good that was quite good move, move on move on so i think i i think the first point is to to get to your answer of how many i think um i'd probably have to go back and look at the whole lot again now that it's a year on um and because i might make some different decisions mm-hmm. um and uh you know so but but i could i could imagine it i could i could relatively uh, relatively easily come up with about 20 odd or 30 odd that i thought were maybe 20 odd that i thought were actual proper good photographs I, well, I'm definitely, I'm, defi- I'm definitely in the less is more camp, right? It, it, you know, the the actually, I would rather if I was going to go through this exercise, I would rather go through. Uh, I'd rather rather pick a a small number and and not a large number, and just keep it to what uh, what I would consider or collectively a team would consider. Uh, you know, to, to be the strongest shots. I mean, I know you guys have had a look at some of these and because you very kindly, uh, probably six or nine months ago, um, had a look at some of them and chose some of the ones that you liked and try and, you know, help me along with my path. But And, and that never went anywhere, did it? Um, and I think on reflection, that's because I wasn't ready to do it, but mm. I was trying to force myself to do something with these pictures. And and forcing myself with photography is not something that I usually do because and I've said and I've said this before because photography is what I do to relax or mm. one of the things I do to relax. The whole point is that it doesn't matter if I don't finish stuff. Well, no, that's not true. That's not the whole point. But one of the one of the nice things about having photography as a hobby, the way that I do it, is that it doesn't have to be all about finishing and deadlines and stuff like <laughs> that you know um but but i do feel now that i actually want to do something with these photographs which i don't think i felt before well i think i think having a target of putting together a book that not and not just a selection of 20 images or to, let's say 20 to 30 images, not just a selection but actually a thought out sequenced selection of images that will run together in a way. Like I said, you don't have to print this book if you don't want to, but I think you should put together a sequenced set of images that would work in the book that, you know, you can look at. Um, because 
and 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 it should be your totally your choice. You should not be trying to um, find other people to, to say this is a good photo. This is because this is your voice. This is the whole like for this to be your work, it needs to be what you want it to say. And we nobody else can tell you that. Um, and it was, it was such a personal experience for you going out there that you're clearly going to have very strong feelings about which photos capture and represent that for you. Um, and I think it would be I think it would be a, a really not just an education in terms of learning how to do like photo books and stuff like that and, and figuring out how to put stuff together. But doing that thing of stepping back and really looking at your photos and how they work together would be super useful going forward then next time you're out taking pictures and thinking about okay well what, what did i like from that last one what worked from that last one and, and what can i do so i think that's a realistic target to go for don't you rach oh definitely definitely can i um, can i ask sorry go on rach no i was just wondering whether you uh, obviously as you mentioned you sent the link to myself and graham for us to have a look through some of the images um did you um send that to anybody else did you show that to your to your family um i just wondered what their thoughts on the on your images were whether you'd asked them for feedback whether they'd given any feedback um uh, well the the one word answer is no (laughs) so i sent them to is that because it's been very personal you know and and you kind of thought actually I, I want to look approach this as a as a photographer rather than you know asking them what they think of them as holiday snaps. So, I don't know if that's a different. <laughs> well, it it so there are um I there there are not a great many people in my extended family who mm-hmm. appreciate photography as an art form. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say that they're all plebs. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us thought that. <laughs> oh, I might have done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so I mean, and but it, the 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 their the plebishness ranges. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So so no, I, I I'm doing them a disservice. But there there are there are members of my family who who shall remain nameless <laughs> to protect them from their plebishness. Um, that are very interested in photography and by but from a point of view of buying cameras and um, and taking snapshots Mm -hmm. um there are i i actually have a a, on uh a a part of my extended family actually some quite artistic people who mostly who work in video and television um there's three four five people in my extended family who work you know in in the television and, and video making industry um that's uh that, that's less about photography as a, as an art form and more about you know doing commercial work for for money but it, it it's certainly very creative still um and there, there are one or two people who actually uh who actually appreciate my photography for what i'm trying to achieve with it if that makes sense rather than just oh isn't that a pretty snapshot and the Bhutan stuff that i've got pretty snapshots yeah um but those are not yeah they, those are not the particularly the photographs that i'm interested in i'm interested in ones that are a bit have got a little bit more depth at least where i've tried to <laughs> to capture some depth so yeah. i think i think the you know the so so no i think you you guys have, see, have seen and spent more time with those images than pretty much anybody else i think yeah, generally family is not always the best place to go <laughs> to show your artistic. I know that um, Sinead's feelings on my myopic me stuff are almost entirely and quite spectacularly negative. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> well, it's just art and you don't get it because I'm a creative genius. 
and the trouble is they just don't understand that do they that's that's the problem as true as it may yeah. be they, you know, they, they get annoyed get... they get tend to get annoyed when you say things like that it's, 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 <laughs> i don't know why sometimes you can you can be surprised by ones that they like that you've not really seen in that way before though as well you know there, there, there is that, and and uh, beauty is in the uh, the beholder, isn't it? But the, mm-hmm. the the thing is, is that you know, for for me, part of taking photographs is because I am always have been to an extent a, a frustrated creative, because mm-hmm. I can't, I ca- I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't sing or dance or anything like that. I, on a good day, I can barely play the guitar, but that's 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 because I practice well sort of um but i certainly don't yeah i'm certainly not a a, a great creative person I, I i don't have the motor skills <laughs> to be honest whereas in photography it's great if you can see it you can click a button and anybody can click a button right <laughs> so it's like but there's there's other things that um so i think okay so i think possibly i could distill these down to a set can i ask graham why particularly a book well, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be a book, but I think the important thing is that we've come across this thing, uh, or spoken about thing, of the difference between single images and um, and stories. And a sing- anyone can stick up a single good image, uh, but to actually put together a, a coherent story um is is a it's a, a more challenging thing um and whether it's a a book in paper or a, or a slideshow or online or whatever it is that doesn't really matter but i think it's um a different way of presenting the art and i think that it would do more justice to the experience that you had and it would be more of a challenge as well but you know you could very easily pick out you know a dozen nice cool looking shots and stick those on your wall um but I don't think that will be as meaningful to you in the end as it is. And also it's it's not something you can easily present to others to go, look, here here is my condensed experience, not just visually, but hopefully emotionally, if you can kind of capture that in the photos as well um, and share that with people. So that's why I think a book is good. Hmm. Oh, OK. All right. I... I uh... Okay, well, I I think I have to go through the the culling process, um, and in part I think it depends on what I end up with at the end of that. Doesn't it? <laughs> it might well, be the world's I, shortest book. <laughs> well, I think I think maybe the way, but that's I think that's approaching it from the wrong end. I think start with the start with the idea of okay, this is what you're working towards and what you want it to feel like, and then find the pieces of the jigsaw that fit within that. Don't just go through. Uh, and look for I mean, you know, look for good pictures first but look for pictures that are going to fit the story that you want to tell because maybe there'll be pictures which you would discard if you were just picking out oh this is the best picture full stop you know that you go oh, this one doesn't isn't the best but there might be pictures within that set that you look at and go actually this fits in this story here perfectly it conveys what i want it to um and it's part of this sequence it will work really well as opposed to being a standalone image and i think that's the big difference here so if you start off with the idea of what you want in your head and work from that direction rather than collecting together the, the your favorite pictures first and then trying to nail those into a story you might find that harder i think 
it's it's a good point and i agree with you and uh, i i i can see the logic in it but well the one thing that i uh, i I'm, I'm not sure that i want to do that and I, the reason being quite simply is that i don't know that i want to carry forward images that i don't f- or that i feel are less strong simply because uh, uh, simply because they they occupy a space uh, and i know you don't mean it in quite that way and i can't quite get the words together and i'm at the end of my lem sip so <laughs> i don't suppose there's going to be any big words coming out anytime soon but the, the i uh, i i struggle with the concept of, of that I, I know that you're i know that you're right and i know that that's how narrative works and i know that that's how i could create a story although there isn't a story of my trip um particularly right so that the, there was no one thread that ran through it it was a trip to go and visit and see different things right so so and uh, it, there, there isn't a it, it's not like i was i know following the my of snow geese or anything like that you know there's no story there as such not baked in anyway so perhaps i could craft one um but but it's not baked into the the set of photos that i took but it i i i I, maybe well maybe i'll do both maybe i'll think of it with one you know uh, create a set with one thing in in mind one objective and then do it maybe Mm. through a different objective and see what i learn yeah, I think I think that would be really interesting. Actually, if you did put together a set, a set that was here are my favourite, here are what I consider to be my best pictures, and here is something which is trying to convey. I mean, you know, the story of your trip is this is these are the experiences you had and you went through, and like it doesn't even need to be chronologically accurate. It can just. Oh no no! I got I got past that a while back doing video editing, <laughs> although then my family said, "But that didn't happen in that order." <laughs> I was like, "I'm making a video. I'm editing for a story. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter that it didn't happen in that order." Of course, to them it does, but to other people who've never seen, who weren't there at the time, it doesn't matter. But so so I, I, okay. So let me let me talk to you about some stuff then, uh, uh, some other stuff that I've noticed looking back at these and see see how that fits into what you think. Because I, well, go, going back to it, right? So let, let's go back to, to to fundamentals. What did I decide to do? I decided to go to the other side of the world, well, more or less, um, on an organised trip, and I decided that I would only take film cameras, right? And what do I think about that decision today? That was absolutely the best decision, <laughs> right? Hands down taking two identical 35mm SLRs that were steady as you like and rock solid cameras um, was brilliant Um, only uh, I took three lenses I think um, and I I think I only used two of them or if I used the third one if I used the 85mm it was just a a, a little bit Um, almost all the shots were either 50 or 24 and that works really well for me um, and so do I do I think I would have better been better taking digital photographs um, or, or having more capacity to, to shoot? Um, no. Um, as I, I've already mentioned, it was a bit a little bit tricky in the dark. So there were one or two times when you know, we're in a in places like um, in monasteries and things like that. that were quite dark where actually I could have really done for some 3200 ISO or something like that. But of course, I couldn't travel with film like that because it wouldn't have gone through all the X-ray machines. Um, 
so but but overall great um and then film uh i took ektar mostly i took kodak vision 3 which was a little bit faster i think that was 250 is 250 isn't it the the ektar's 100 and then the vision vision 3 was 250 and i also took some lomo red scale but only a little bit of that for experimenting um on reflection um the lomo red scale was an awesome choice um i don't think i took too little of it i think it was nice to have it just as a, a an occasional use one uh, the Ektar just rock solid all the time. Um, and the Vision 3, less so. So now I'm sitting a year, a year later with some photographs I'm not particularly keen on the aesthetic for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, And whether that is the film itself, I don't think it's the film itself. I think it's the fact that it was, it, I don't think it was processed in its native chemistry. Um, so this is done by um, Nick and Trick with the lab that did it for me. Um, and I, I don't think they, they process it in its native chemistry. I think it's processed in C41. Um, and it tends to look a bit bleached and it ten- it's tended to lose some of the highlights. And so it has a very different look and feel to it than the very saturated Ektar that also has, you know, the Ektar has uh, quite a lot of latitude maybe not as much as something like portrait and certainly nowhere near as much as something like hp5 but um but there's still quite a lot of room for movement in the uh in the ektar so uh I, the reason for bringing this up is i i guess pri- primarily um because i'm now looking at a set of images that has uh that there's no unifying aesthetic mm. or you know, at least there there are <laughs> there are two there are actually te- technically there are four separate aesthetics there's the ektar there's the red scale there's the vision three and then there's the phone shots for for when film cameras wouldn't work um i think you just I, convert it all to black and white and be done with no, it oh you <laughs> bloody <laughs> Philistine. <laughs> Black and white photography is not a thing. <laughs> I did wonder actually whether. All right, sorry, before you... anybody writes in, black and white photography is clearly a thing. It's just I think one I can that... hear Michelle from Ilford banging at your back door now. It's, it's, just, it's just not a thing that I did on that trip, and it's not a thing I do very often actually. I don't do a lot of black and white photography. So. I did wonder if you if you printed if you did print your own um, whether it would be a different experience you know because you'd be going back to negatives that obviously you shot over a year ago or a year ago and um, and taking them into the dark room and printing them yourself might give you a new and different connection to them I don't know whether that would have changed your experience of coming back to them and seeing them just as I say just as images, but just you know what I mean, rather than the the physical nature of how you create a dark room print. Uh, I wonder whether that would would change the experience. I don't know. Uh, that's a very good question, and I'm not sure I know the answer either. To be honest, um, never having done it before, of course. Because um, it's such an art to printing itself. And, and that becomes another stage of the creative process, doesn't it, as well, that perhaps, yeah, I don't know. It was just, just a thought. Maybe yeah, that's... Um, uh, yeah. it's, it's a good thought. Um, uh, I Yeah, and it, it's 
is 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 this the time? <laughs> the noise gonna... aid makes when developing comes up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I wasn't meaning. I wasn't meaning. You know that it wasn't another digger aid to be like go and get your stuff developed yourself. No, I know what you mean. No, I, no, I, but it it is it it's interesting, isn't it? No, the reason I'm humming and hiring is because I I can see the thing that uh, I, I'm trying to apply the 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 very the, the the very true thing that you've just said to me as an individual because you know me I, I i don't do my own developing i don't do my own printing and things like that and and uh for me it very much is about it it, it is about the image and maybe i'm missing a trick maybe i'm missing a whole wealth of experience and there i know there are many you two and many of our listeners would say i am absolutely missing out on a whole wealth of experience because i'm not doing this this the, the these particular steps as part of the photographic process um uh i am very lazy i am very lazy (laughs) (laughs) um and and for me it's not about getting for me these things are not the aesthetic the aesthetic thing for me is 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 at a far less granular level than it is for many people I will look at something as it comes off the you know as it comes off the CD or on or download off the download coming back from the lab and I'll go yeah I like the look of that no I don't like the look of that and it's a fairly binary thing and it's at a fairly high level um it's not something where I think I I I don't spend either in film f- photography or in digital photography I am not the person that spends a lot of time doing anything to it in fact most of my photographs I don't do anything to at all occasionally with you know I'll, I'll tweak the contrast on it or something like that but I, I don't do a lot to my photographs never, never really have done um yeah you know, I might have a bit of a play but you know n- n- not in a in a serious way um so I don't know that that I, I think I, I I have a sense that I know that you're right Rach but I'm not sure that it's right for me yeah sure if I just wondered if it would be if you'd feel different about them. I don't know. Um, probably, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably, I'd probably hate them for taking up so much of my bloody time and still being crap. <laughs> well, you see, well, this, oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but I just mean it can it can go either way. Actually, you know that because you can it can give you a different level of connection to a particular image or one that you you weren't really that sure about, and then when you see it in the dark room and you go aha yes actually this has got a lot more to it than I than I thought originally but equally it can go the other way and you can get frustrated with the process because you can't you can't get it to to print the way that you want it to so um you know I would never want that to be it <laughs> to, to end up in that position if you sort of mean <laughs> I don't want to put off put you off <laughs> No, no, it's it's it, it, it's it, it it yeah. Don't worry, I was I was put off years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it, it, these things are all worth investigating, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for the questions because yeah, it, it is it is it is it's not a new project. It's not a new thing. I I still feel quite connected to the experience that I have. You, I think it's difficult. It, it would be a, a, a bit quite challenging for me to have an experience that impacted me the way it did and then a year later go, oh yeah, blah, that was nothing. Yeah, that's just, mm-hmm. it, it, if it was like, if it was that, it wouldn't have been so impactful in the first place, would it? Um, heart of stone. Yeah, well, yeah. And I'm, I, yeah, d- yeah, and I don't have a heart of stone. I'm a big softy <laughs> really, but you know, it's just like Graham, you know, a bit of a cuddly teddy bear type. Yeah, <laughs> that's but, me. <laughs> 
um so but but there there has been an impact right there has been and and do you know what and i I, this again is something that i wanted to talk about today right which is that one of the impacts has been i've shot a lot less since i came back Mm-hmm. And and there's a quote that I always forget who to attribute it to, and I really should have looked this up because it's really important that I get it right this time. But it's it's the it's whoever it is, the famous photographer or whoever it was that said, if you want to take more interesting photographs, point your camera at more interesting stuff. Right, and that's what I did when I went to Bhutan. I pointed my camera at more interesting stuff, and as a result, I've got more interesting photographs. <laughs> Now, I'm sure if I was Bhutanese, I'd probably think coming to London would be the most interesting photographs I've ever taken. It's in, it, it's all relative, isn't it? Um, but for me, these are some of the, the these are probably the most interesting photos I've taken in a, in a in a travel and cultural sense and just a seeing the world kind of sense than, than anything mm. I've ever taken before or since. So is it that you're feeling like you can't top that and that's why you're shying away from doing more photography now? you're on the right lines right but it's i don't think it's that it's just i haven't done anything as interesting since (laughs) it's not about my ability to take the photographs it's just that you know that was such a big thing to do yeah i'm still i'm still on the yeah the aftershock of it in a way Mm -hmm. photographically and i know yeah i meant the experience sorry i meant yeah so so i mean i have i so i have i had an amazing holiday this year in fact i've had two amazing holidays this year with my family I mean, they weren't photography holidays, um, although uh, and and actually some of the output was more video, family video videos rather than it was uh, anything to do with stills photography. Um, and it and because of course because it's video, it's digital, it's not analog. Um, I've not yet got to the point where I'm taking a Super 8 camera around with me, but uh, I'm quite happy to go and take you know, uh, digital cameras around with me and, and shoot video. And I'm I've been really I. I really love the family memories i've managed to capture on video so my holiday to italy in april i the main photographic output of that was a video mm-hmm. um in fact actually it was two videos of very very short very short edits and different things that we were doing and that has a a, a lot of fantastic memories for me because uh, but, but but in an entirely different way it was all it's all about a family holiday rather than anything you know cultural that i've experienced um, well, I suppose you could call Venice a bit cultural, couldn't you? Yes, a little. I, uh, people too tend to. I remember. I think it was back last Christmas. You you mentioned that quote, and um, and I think I said at the time I, I may have said this. I have a bit of a problem with that quote. Um, <laughs> I because... remember you saying you have a problem with this. Do you? I've forgotten <laughs> yeah. this bit, so you'll have to re- yeah. you'll have to learn well, me uh, learn me again. Well, because the the kind of what what is pointing at something more interesting is just like well, what's more interesting? You know, I. Uh, I think my take on the quote was, um, if you want to take better photos, be more interested in in things because anything can be interesting. As you said about the fact that you know to the people of Bhutan, you know what they're you know their knobs on walls is not particularly interesting. It's just their day to day thing, and it's only because you went there and there's a sensory overload of new and unfamiliar stuff which you kind of glommed onto because it's the low hanging fruit. It's like, oh wow, this is great. My brain can just gorge itself on this, and this is fantastic. 
But as we've been seeing, especially with the shots from some of the people with the cheap shots challenge recently, um, who've been making mundane things look beautiful, and particularly from the conversations that we've had earlier in the year with people uh, like Keith Moss and Sandra Cohn, um, who are both people photographers. I mean, Keith does landscape as well, but, you know, they get amazing, beautiful pictures of people. And with both of them, it's because they're interested in those people. They care about those people. So it, it doesn't need to be going and finding something unique or different or um, special. It's about how you interact and how you feel about the things. And if you can find something incredibly mundane that you care about, you're going to be able to take pictures of it. Um, but when you're away on an amazing trip like that, it's just much easier because everything's fascinating because of course you've never seen that thing before. It's complete cultural overload. It's amazing. So yeah, I just think, I, I think it requires more effort to be, to take pictures of interesting things because you have to find the things to be interested in when you're on home turf more. But I do think it can be done. Just need to kind of shove yourself a bit. Did, did you miss the bit where I said I'm really lazy? <laughs> <laughs> So you 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 are right. I'm not so you know I I'm not, and and I'm genuinely not claiming that uh, you know you have to go halfway around the world to take interesting photographs because clearly you don't. And as you say, a lot you know, uh, be it all of our regular listeners or be it some of the guests that we have on here, every, you know, every, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who find really good and creative ways to take interesting photographs much closer to home. So I'm not saying it can't be done at all. I'm trying to. And and a large part of what I'm, you know, waffling on about this evening may indeed be some kind of, you know, um, very thinly disguised construct to uh, to pretend that I'm not as lazy as I really am. I don't know, but but the, the I've I've been yeah I have been you know as, as superficial as it may be I have been trying to think about well why haven't I done so much and I have caught myself especially in the first half of this year thinking yeah there's there's not really an interesting shot there you know and and part of that was with direct reference to because I've taken some quite interesting shots recently and that just isn't mm. it and and so it has had that and I can understand in some ways why you know this sort of you know uh, travel photography is such an addictive thing you know to keep traveling to keep experiencing new things because there is so much out there to to experience you know there's a whole world isn't there to experience um and and maybe um you know it, maybe it, it, the the discipline or the constraint of trying to whittle it down will will finally get it out of my system and I, I can move on um, or maybe I just need you know uh, get my finger out and start a new project and and, and start mm -hmm. making excuses <laughs> maybe this is aid angling to become a uh, travel photographer <laughs> and change a career I would love to uh, so yeah absolutely I mean don't get me wrong I enjoy most of the work that I do but yes I mean if I could do something like that instead that's how I mean yeah I know no, no, nothing you do for a living is ever glamorous um uh but it, yeah it's it it certainly um would be fantastic to be able to do things like photography for a living although might there be some stress then that takes the fun out of it I don't know depends on what photographer I'm doing Rach you shoot weddings is that stressful uh, um I'm gonna say yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's very very stressful it's terrifying but it's equally you know it's it's awesome as well it's it's um 
it's a different kind of adrenaline rush. You know, I'm not one for extreme sports or sports in general, uh, to be fair. Um, but in a different kind of way, it it does. It gives you a buzz. It 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 means that you know you see that shot and you get that shot and you're like that that is going to be amazing. And I'm so pleased that I've managed to capture that little moment that they wouldn't even notice that was happening. Um, and being able to then share that afterwards is is a wonderful feeling. Uh, but yeah, terrifying, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's not, not the end of the world, I suppose, is it, if it's terrifying? <laughs> so, but yeah, at least you're at least you're experiencing stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to any of this stuff, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, trying to think through what it is that I I've experienced and 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 how I've handled it and and is there something some something to get out of this oh and by the way I will be looking to find that three or four that are going to go up on the wall as part of my travel photo collection mm-hmm. um and uh you know uh, that that is part of the output here um do I that was partly why I asked about family and whether you'd a- actually asked like your wife oh um so um which ones of these <laughs> um do you like the most because I was thinking you're probably going to put some up on the wall at some point and I wondered how whether you just kind of go well these are the ones that are going up and <laughs> tough <laughs> uh, yeah so she so so yeah um we have different tastes in photography Mm-hmm. Uh, uh emma and i my wife and i um uh she is very supportive of of what i do um mm-hmm. she's supportive of me spending evenings making podcasts she's supportive of you know the the things that then stem from that like when we go out and we do stuff um and and she was the one that suggested i went on the trip to bhutan i never thought mm-hmm. i'd ever do anything like that being away from my family for that length of time mm-hmm. on my own on a purely luxury trip um uh she but but at the end of the day she doesn't like all that many of the photographs that i like <laughs> so but she accepts that you know i have a right to express myself on the walls of our house <laughs> <laughs> you have a different artistic as, as, long, as long as it's not all the walls of our house and that she gets something that she likes so so one of the reasons we have a photo wall of everybody in the family the extended family um is that she likes that she gets a lot out of that and i do as well and yeah everybody mm-hmm. that comes around to visit does as well um and so we have the we you know um, and the way I, the, my contribution to it is to try and take the best photographs i can of family members mm-hmm. and and yeah. you know and and you know sadly some of those family members are no longer with us and so they they and the, those images take on uh, a level of importance beyond the original you know shot as well mm-hmm. um but that's um but, but, but yeah i just try and do my best right at that and that and so there are a lot of photos on that wall that i'm proud of you know mm-hmm. uh, because i've i've worked hard to take them you know um mm-hmm. so it, it 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 works it works but uh yeah i i i think i think in terms of going forward i think some level of of uh, yeah, for future future projects, some level of collaboration and some level of of time constraints probably be useful. Although I say that absolutely in the knowledge that I've got nothing for the cheap shots challenge so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I've uh, the other thing, and I don't know whether this is related. It probably isn't. I've really tried to streamline stuff this year and and take out the complexity and 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 the the 
the mucking about from my photography and focus on the actual imagery so uh, i'm not i'm not carrying around my little 110 camera much really or or at all um and i'm trying I, i've used a smaller number of cameras this year um and uh there are and, and yeah I, yeah for me i'm still there's probably half a dozen cameras i'm still using regularly but <laughs> yeah. you're um, getting closer to your capsule camera wardrobe aren't you by the sound of things <laughs> i mean i i, I want to follow that okay so you said this year you've used fewer cameras you carry fewer cameras around and i think that's very true you've you've used very few cameras i don't you've barely used your instax yeah don't i think your holger's I'm not sure that's in any film. And also this year, you've taken far fewer photos and you're looking back going, yeah, I don't feel like I've done very much. So one, I would say that maybe... <laughs> there, are those two things linked? <laughs> I think maybe streamlining, you've streamlined your photography straight out the goddamn door. Because I guarantee you, there are pictures that you are looking at going, yeah, I don't, don't think there's a picture there. I'm not going to take that. Where maybe if you had your Holger, you'd have gone... I bet that'd be a good Holger shot or something like that. Um, so maybe you need to reintroduce some of this stuff. And yeah, I knew. Except that that's the kind of thing that I'm trying to get rid of. I'm trying to test myself in a way to say, actually, can I, you know, can, can I take yeah, a camera? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, and the answer is no. Absolutely, the answer is no. So the point that, that if, we, if the question is, you know, can, can I use a really, can, can I take a good photograph with a good camera or can I only take good photographs, good in inverted commas, with crappy cameras? And I'd like to challenge myself to take a good photograph with a good camera. We did that a year or two ago, didn't we? When we uh, and I, you were you were doing myopic me, and I was doing the um, oh, uh, the, the portrait Portraits. one, yeah. and and that I was using good cameras for that, and I was trying hard, and I was yeah, I was stretching myself to take good photographs with good cameras, and I wasn't relying on it being a toy camera or uh, some other kind of uh, and and this is this is no insult to anybody. Um, but there are, you know, I do have toy cameras. I have a pinhole camera. I have this camera. I have that camera. I was trying to, trying to not, trying to prove to myself in a way that I'm not reliant upon that kind of image making to make something. Not using it as a crutch. You mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Yeah, I don't think that's a crutch though. I think if you're working with the within the constraints, it's ironic to think that we're using Holger as a crutch. Oh, they just the, the, all the things they do for you just makes photography too easy. But I think <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, well, it does. There are there look, are very though, few buttons you know? to press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's true. It does have a very distinct look, but it makes you it, it gives you a framework to work within. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when you take that away, when you have uh, all the options, well, okay, well let's. Let's look, concentrate on this looking forward then. I think for all three of us, because I, I know that I too have looked back over the last year's worth of photography and there ain't a whole lot of looking back to mm. need to be done there. Um, and Rach, you too, because you've been super busy. So um, when we did these projects, the, and this was before you came on Rach, so, um, although we both ended up running on longer especially i think it took me a year to do my six month project maybe slightly longer but it did focus us on getting something done um you've been through this bhutan thing you've clearly taken away certain lessons from this even if it's things like well okay if i'm going if i'm working on a project maybe don't pick different kind of film stocks or different color film stocks and stuff like this um and you've also taken away that thing of um uh, you need to you know, of shooting interesting things. So, if you're going to think about a project going forwards, which I think it sounds like you definitely need to, 
what are you interested in beyond just photography? What what are you interested in? I know you love your cars. Um, is that a thing? Music. That's music. True. I love both is... cars and music. Well, car, cars are usually filthy dirty, especially at this time of year. Um, uh, so, so okay. So, let, let, well, let, let's let's strip that back again. So, so your your contention is the is that I we need a, a project to focus on. Mm-hmm. So, what you're saying is that all three of us will take on a project and will. Uh, report back regularly with some level of progress and output <laughs> yes absolutely because you know like i said even though we both kind of we didn't do great at always achieving this but we actually both did achieve we we both got something done you know you, I, you I, took I, shots that you would never know would never have taken if you weren't in the project right absolutely yes. and the and the portraits that you got age you know, you met people you wouldn't have met otherwise exactly. You went to places you did things that you would never have done otherwise because there was a sort of a, a kind of a tacit um, commitment there. Uh, and so I think we, and this is why we need this public forum to commit to doing something so that <laughs> listeners can then be disappointed in our continued failures. Well, it worked last time. So I'm quite up for that. I, d- I, d- I don't think because because this is a fairly impromptu conversation, at least this part of the conversation today is fairly impromptu. I haven't thought it through. I haven't thought of what is the next scary thing I'm going to do to to push myself as a photographer or whatever. You know, last time we did this, we'd had a conversation previously, hadn't we? Uh, you know, I mean, this, this was barely. Well, this was way back. Yeah, barely. But this time we haven't even barely had a conversation. This is this is fresh, and so I don't know. Uh, I, and and I I don't know what that project would be for me right now. I think I know something a little bit about it though. I think I would like to have a project that is a collaboration of some sort mm-hmm. um, uh, because that's something I haven't done and and uh, I'd like to I'd like to challenge myself and probably whoever else I collaborate with as well, of course um, but I'd like to challenge myself to do something that is a collaborative piece of work and there is a bit there, there is a good chunk of my photography that is quite insular it's for me and I'm wondering what I might do differently or get out of it or learn or all the above if I was to go through a project that was a collaborative thing. Yeah, I think that's good. So when you say a collaborative thing, are you thinking um, specifically a collaborative collaboration with another photographer or just a collaboration with another creator of some sort or with something completely different, maybe not a creative person at all? A bin man, for example. Sorry, if there are any maybe bin a, man out there. Maybe a garage. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the car aspects. If that's something that you're interested in, perhaps you could, could you, you do know, a collaboration do a series. with a garage. Well, I'm, yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe you could do a series of portraits of mechanics or something. You know, with with their you know favorite car or I don't know. There's, there's that's an interesting idea and i i'd never thought of that at all right that is an interesting idea um I, I i don't tend to take pictures of cars so i'm not sure that that would be the thing but pictures mm-hmm. of people related to that yeah maybe maybe yeah. um uh, i think in terms of in terms of collaboration i hadn't really thought of subjects actually as the collaborative force so that's an interesting idea um i have for a while hankered after collaborating with an editor Okay. What uh, kind of editor? Like um, magazine editor or video editor or uh, yeah. a, a photographic editor. 
okay. somebody who would look at my photos with a uh, an editing eye and and help me learn about which ones work and which ones don't and why they work and why they don't. You mean like a commercial, uh, from a commercial aspect, sort of perspective? Um, I, I guess a lot of people who do photo editing for a living are doing it for some kind of commercial venture, aren't they? Be it print or digital or, or online mm. or, or whatever it might be. Uh, I confess I haven't really thought it through. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because different editors, you know, if you were looking at um, journalism, for example, um, it, you know, being an editor for photojournalism photo is quite a different discipline and, and what have you to being a fashion magazine editor so i did i wondered whether you had a particular um sort of theme in mind if you like well or not i yet. i guess I, i'm not much of a a documentary photographer so you know mm-hmm. certainly no journalist so i would imagine mm-hmm. it would be more for i don't know let's say uh editing for you know the aesthetic or the fashion or fashion mm-hmm. or or something like that rather than, you know, but I'm making this stuff up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I haven't thought it through, but I guess it oh. would be less about journalistic integrity yeah. and more about craft well, of some sort. How about like um, a gallery curator or something like that, maybe? Yeah. Because that's editing too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could, could be that, could be that. Mm. so there's that, there's that type of collaboration another type of collaboration i might be interested in is working with another photographer and trying to put together a body of work with somebody else mm. that could be very cool we've seen some interesting zines come out from collaborations haven't we um mm. especially last year 2017 27 zine <laughs> um was full of them really and uh, and that was really nice to to see how people work together um Again, it's not something that I've really done um, as a uh, photographer to do a photographic collaboration with another photographer. Um, I've I've not approached it uh, like that before or, or done a, a collective exhibition or anything like that with somebody. So um, I can imagine it would be, you know, really interesting to, to hear about how you got, got along with that aid. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, like maybe that would be a way of you creating, like you say, that body work or that zine or or something. Well, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I I have I genuinely have no idea what it would be right now, so I am going to need to take this away. So, so and and then come back, uh, you know, report back with with what I think through. So, but I'm I'm up for that. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Graham, what are you going to do? Yeah, uh, that is, let's I, turn the spotlight round. So well, <laughs> we we all have to do it, right? You're next. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been I, I have been thinking about this lately. Part of me and the, uh, partly I'm thinking I might actually pick up my um, defocused camera again and get out with that um, because uh, there's more stuff I'd like to do with that. Um, but that's that's a continuation rather than a new thing. So. Uh, my thoughts are there's kind of a couple of things the first is uh i would like to do more stuff with large format um i kind of want to push myself to do that so this seems like a good way of doing that so i think uh, the problem with me is always quantity of photography uh <laughs> the absolutely zero quantity that is frequently happening so i think what i need to do is as with the myopic me project commit to shooting a certain amount of frames a month um obviously a smaller number with large format um but i think i think i need to commit to say okay i'm gonna shoot 
let's say six frames a month which might not seem like a lot but it's probably more I, than I, I've imagined. yeah I can imagine that that that's quite a lot it's not like you've got your 35 mil camera just in your bag with you is it you know if you're going out with large format you're you're specifically going out to shoot with it so I can imagine yeah six frames a month seems a good figure yeah, yeah, like yeah. seems especially, reasonable, mm-hmm. especially with Ronald because he'd be big and heavy, and at the moment he's the only thing I have. So that's the one oh, thing. Yeah. The other thing um, that, and I don't, I don't know if it's a thing at all, but and I'm not even sure why it came into my head. But this was last week I was thinking about this, and maybe I was just, I don't know, looking at cars, and thinking about how we as photographers, um, we go to these places uh, and we work so hard to try and get photos of these beautiful places with no um, despoilment by the evidence of people, whether it's cars or people wandering around or whatever. I thought, you know, it's, I, I quite the idea of going to places that are beautiful or interesting or, you know, um, popular photography locations where people work very hard to get shots without cars in and just taking the pictures with them framed up so that the thing is exactly where it should be, but the cars are also there everywhere. It's like, because this is part of the thing. I don't know if that's a thing, but I think I might investigate that a bit. I think Um, that's a good idea. I've heard people say that you should always make sure you take photographs with um, very contemporary stuff in you know, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. Let's say you're at the uh, the the Great Pyramids in Egypt, you know, you know, with the cars in front. And if you look back at family photos, you always have a laugh at the cars people used to drive, don't you? Mm. And let's face it, most of us won't be driving cars for much longer because they won't be allowed. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe I can try and find some way of putting those two things together. Um, I do still have some colour sheet film that I got with Ronald. Um, it's a bit expired now. <laughs> um, I'm sure it'll be fine. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. But I think I'm definitely going to commit. I will commit here and now and then let everybody down later to shooting <laughs> six frames a month. Um, that's more than one a week. That is more than it's one a week. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, it's. Uh, they, I mean, they won't. They probably won't be very good, and they, who knows what they will be of in general. But um, I'm. I'm going to commit to yeah, doing that. So, so that's, that's your and, target then over six months. Yeah. Is to is to shoot 36 photographs. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. One roll of film over a month's worth of shot. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a good thing. Well, we're going uh, into the we're going into the winter where where you don't re- <laughs> we're going into the depths of winter where you don't really work, and uh, and there are and How dare you go uh, around telling everybody the truth uh, and and you know you've got good light all the time. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, the light is always low, isn't it? So you know it's for, you you've got much 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 better light in in the winter months in this country. You know, as long as it's sunny, uh, than you do in the summer months where it's just you know bright all the time that's very true there is there is a lot less of that light though that is the one downside yeah but you're not exactly hand holding of ronald are you no that's true that is very true yeah lots of nighttime work then well no no but you could you know it's if you uh you you could take if you if you're taking take an exposure with one order to make it work needs to be a, a second or two seconds i mean that's absolutely within the prime range for a camera like that isn't it you know you know it's not you're already on a big heavy tripod and and solidly set down aren't you you might that as well take true. some time <laughs> it's going to take enough time well. to set you up anyway so you might yeah. well be like well 
just stand here for five minutes making exposure yeah. you know no that's very <laughs> true that's right and it'd be good exercise over winter if nothing else okay well uh, i've committed to something a aid you've kind of hedged uh, as you're so so good at doing. Uh, for so the it's about time to wrap up then right <laughs> no, absolutely not right absolutely not do you have any ideas Rach? because we know how busy you are so you can we contact know. us on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now this Sorry, is where what? you realise, Rach, just how hard it is to close the show. Oh God! Uh, so is that my six-month challenge? What to close the show? Sometimes it feels like it takes me six months. <laughs> Sorry, uh, sorry. What we do again? I've got to decide on a on a project. You yes? don't have to decide. No. So what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, in, well, in a purely hypothetical universe where you were going, where you were considering taking on a project, well, yeah, yes. a personal project. It's it's important that you know commercial creatives have their personal projects. That what's that's what keeps them fresh. I know. I yeah. Each week in my diary, I I have booked in on Wednesday, a darkroom day as Wednesday. Um, and each week I, I see it approaching and I get all excited about it and then I see it go flying past um, and off it goes, you know, um, and you get too too wrapped up and too busy in the in the business and the business of running the business. So, uh, yeah, it leaves like obviously you've both found, I think, this year as well, very little time for the personal creativity um, or creativity in general. Um to to have time to develop and that means that you're not I'm not um being able to build things as quickly as I would like to or you know explore other avenues that I really would love to so I think it is a really good idea um to do this it's it's just difficult it is just difficult trying to like carve out the time isn't it so um, there was a project that I'd originally mentioned, I think, when we first talked about this um, as a sort of like follow up to your chain reaction and your myopic me. Um, and uh, and it, it didn't really happen. But I'm sitting here now literally looking at my one, two, three, four, five, six, six cameras. So that's perfect, isn't it? That would be six for six months. Um, my uh, box brownie or box cameras uh, project. Um, where I have these these uh, cameras that I haven't yet shot with that are ones that I've either bought or have found or have been donated over over the years um, and uh, and I just thought it would be really nice to use them and actually put a roll of film through each of them and just shoot a roll um, through each of these six box cameras. Um, I thought perhaps um, trying to tie up um, with um, the architecture maybe around the city where I am um, because I love Liverpool and I love Liverpool's architecture. I think it's fantastic. It's very uh, varied um, and and again, like something that I feel I should be able to do. It feels like that should still be realistic. Um, it's not like me trying to go and, and shoot, you know, in lots of different places where I wouldn't necessarily have the time or the monies to, to get to. So perhaps just using home turf is a good place to start. Um, and yeah, so I guess that that would be my outline of a project that I would lo- like to do. That'd be good. Well, I think that's a good idea because the good thing is with that, for one thing, you can have your camera of the month and it can they're nice and lightweight. It can go in mm-hmm. a bag. It can live in a car. You can always have it with you. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's something that you can squeeze in around other stuff. So yes. I think that would be a great idea, Rach. I think, yeah, uh... thanks. I'll try. <laughs> okay, quick, let's close the show before we all back out. 
Okay, well, be- <laughs> before we do, I just want to say, and I'm going to put this out. So, uh, listeners, um, I hope, and we all hope that our chat this evening has been some help if you're also in a bit of a creative funk at the moment. When we, because everybody goes through them, everybody goes through periods where they're not um, able to churn out stuff as much as they might want to. Um, and if you fancy joining us, uh, we did this last time, if you fancy joining us to do a project, one of the best ways to help keep yourself motivated is if you publicly commit to doing something as I have and as Rachel has and as <laughs> Aid will have. Incidentally, we'll, we will have Aid, because um, we probably won't cover this on the, the main podcast again because we'll be back to having an awesome guest on next week. Um, but we'll we'll force Aid to come on uh, backing paper in a couple oh. of weeks' time and commit to something. So well, there will be follow-up on this and it will be in the <laughs> month of november um if you want to take on a project and commit to doing it publicly so you can be guilted along with the rest of us drop us an email and we will talk about it on the backing paper podcast and we'll all be in this together and see how we get on i think um there were a few people who did that last time with varying degrees of success um i think we were all a bit hit and miss with it um some did better than others but um it's good we can support each other along the way and nag each other and remind each other and um and i think it's it can sometimes be quite helpful having a bit of peer pressure to help you do the thing that you actually want to do in the first place so. I, I think that's an excellent plan especially seeing as apparently i'm now looking for collaborators <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a good point um, so, when, so when are you looking when are you thinking that we'd be looking to start this then I think post Christmas. I think everyone's okay. going to be super oh, busy. I, th- I think there's no time like the present. Let's let's. I think post Christmas is a good idea. Yeah. No, 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 so, no, no. I think post Christmas is a good idea. Actually, it's a good way to start a new year, to start something fresh, um, and and kind of like get on on board with that. Let's keep that motivation going from then. So we want well, okay, and Aid, you still need to think of your thing. So exactly. Well, yeah. I, I want, so, I want, so I don't want to be bad. I don't want to. Yeah. What happens if my theme is Christmas? I don't want to have to. Make it we'll something see. else. We'll see. We'll see. But 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 in, in in all seriousness, I am actually now looking for collaborators. So if if anybody would like to get in touch, um, probably the best way is to tweet me uh, uh, aid nine six eight on Twitter, um, or or simply email into the podcast sunny sixteen podcast at gmail dot com um and and that would be a good way of of doing uh doing things so uh i think what would happen then is that hopefully i i'd um i'd find somebody who who it would be good to collaborate with that'd be awesome um uh, and uh yeah that 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 yeah so if anybody fancies it um you know uh if anybody fancies being the better half or the better third or or or, or the the primary fifth of a, of a collaborative <laughs> team um then micro four thirds yes i think i'll be the micro four thirds of the team yeah. <laughs> i'll be the one inch sensor of the, <laughs> the team <laughs> others can bring more to it but no no seriously i mean you know uh, i have no idea what shape or size or, or or output this collaboration should have at this point so i'd be very happy to hear of ideas i'll be trying to think up some myself and uh, if we end up with a, a, a collaborative team or pairing or something that would be fantastic that sounds awesome. Well, I'm going to let you wrap up the show, Aid, because um, you're much better at it than I am, even when you're poorly. Okay. Well, though, so and and do you know what? This week, for the first time in ages, I'm going to remember to mention that the next instalment of Martin Scarland's Darkroom build is going to be attached to the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everybody's been enjoying that, even though I keep sometimes forgetting to mention it. <laughs> do you, uh, do you know? Great. 
it has been really good listening to that um listen to martin and what he's been what he's been doing but just before you do come to the to close in the show aid um i thought i should just mention that um the submissions for the 2020 polaroid cam- calendar are closing in six days time on the 4th of november so obviously this do will be going now? out on thursday <laughs> sorry what the 2020 Yes, it's for 2020 because obviously we're nearly at the end of 2018. Uh, so obviously they already have the calendar in place for 2019 because that's only starting in, you know, what, 12 weeks time. Um, so submissions for the 2020 calendar um, will be closing on the 4th of November, which is on Saturday, I believe. So um, so I thought as this is going out on Thursday, that gives people a couple of last days to get their um their entries in their submissions in if they would like to be part of the um photodarium 2020 calendar wouldn't wouldn't most polaroid shot today have faded away to nothing by then (laughs) this is why you scan them (laughs) Uh, or is it or is that just sorry am i am i I being nasty there it's a how long does a polaroid last these days well, we should ask Polaroid Week contributors about that. I think uh, they may they may have something to say about that. Right? Yes, right. Um, but okay. Yeah. But a joke so, in poor taste. I apologise. That's <laughs> all right. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so we'll put that in the show notes as well, so that people can um, can pop to the link and and um, make sure they get their submissions in from their from their Polaroids. Um, if they've got some that they would like to submit, you get to choose. Um, you get to um, uh, pick dates that you would like to that for them to appear on as well. Uh, so that's really nice. Um, often people would choose, you know, birthdays or special dates or what have you. Doesn't, doesn't uh, everybody choose Star Wars Day? <laughs> But quite possibly, I'm sure. I'm sure that a lot of people would choose that. Um, but I think there are usually about five people uh, kind of competing for the same date. So yeah, it's just to kind of like see see how things go. So if you've got some Polaroid shots that you'd like to submit, um, and some dates that you know you think, oh, that would be nice if it was on that date, then um, then get those in uh, by the fourth of November. Cool. Okay. Right. Well, if the, if there's no other business. Then, I don't think so. Then, oh, then, uh, then that has, <laughs> then that has been show number one hundred and twenty-four. Woo! Um, and uh, it's been all about me, which has been quite therapeutic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> with your with your lem sip, are you feeling a bit better now, Age? You've uh, you've had chance to cathart a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hang on, to cathart. <laughs> Can you do that with that word? To I don't cathart. know. <laughs> I told I'm you I'm high sure. on perfumes here. <laughs> I think it's probably the same as as there's no, nobody's ever seen a single smithereen, have they? <laughs> it fits it fits into that category. Um, but uh, yeah, so so yeah. Well, thank you everybody. Uh, that has been the show. We're on the internet, don't you know? Um, uh, Sunny sixteen podcast, pretty much wherever you'd like to go. Uh, and uh, we will play you out now with Rachel's Ben Rocker, um, whose album Promises I Should Have Kept you can find on Spotify, Amazon or iTunes. And don't forget, as if you would want to shortcut the majestic ending of that song, don't forget to listen through all the way to the end where we have Martin's next uh, instalment. And I'm not going to number it because I don't know what number it is, but I'll work it out and it'll be the right one by the time you get to listen to it in a few seconds from now. <laughs> I think it's four. I think it's instalment four. I've got this wrong before. So, (laughs) So, and last time I tried to put a number on which instalment it was going to be, I had to record the ending of the show three times. (laughs) 
<laughs> so smooth as always, guys. Well done. We closed that great. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been an honour and a privilege, dear listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Hello, it's Martin Scarland again. Um, yes, I did get the floor down um, in the evenings. And um, then on Monday, my father, not my father, my friend the electrician came round um, to wire up my ring main and my lighting circuit into our consumer unit in the house, um, which is very exciting. Um, so he came round and was there most of the day and I finally got power in my darkroom and in my garage after about 10 12 years so that's lovely um so now i've got two safe lights that a friend um who's a photographer who has long since gone digital had no use for his safe lights so he he gave those to me so i've got two safe lights in there um and um that's great. The other fantastic news is I had a friend of mine who's a carpenter and he works out of a workshop and he contacted me and said that he had at least one worktop that was left over from a job, um, old kitchen worktop, and he thought there might be a second one that one of his mates had, had left stored there. So he left it a week or two and he's got back to me and said yes there's two bits of worktop um both are about two meters long so i went around there and picked them up and brought them back and um we've cut them and fitted them so i've got two two worktops one's a, a worktop to work on which will take the enlarger and my copper sand and i've cut the other one slightly and put it underneath so it's a big shelf to store crates of stuff underneath, which is fantastic. So um, that was was great. I mean, far better than I expected. I was um, hoping to get some grotty old dirty bit of worktop, but in actual fact, these both these bits of worktop still had the plastic on them. They were untouched, brand new, which is absolutely amazing. So they're in, um, and now what? I've really got a functioning darkroom. Um, I've just got to paint the floor, which I'll hopefully do in the next day or two. Um, and um, that'll be it. It'll, it's all functioning and working. Um, so I have to bring all my stuff home. I've been storing my darkroom stuff at work. So um, I'm going to bring that home this week and get it in there. And then that would be all very exciting to actually give it a go. So um, that's it for now. Thanks. Bye.